Now, I know what you're thinking. Darn it, now we have to finish the movie. Because <clears throat> you want to see the Grinch's heart break the thing. You remember that part, right? That's what you want to see. Um, all right, so uh, love the movie. It's a great movie. We, see it, we watch it all the time. Of course, lots of movies are uh, centered around this issue of, uh, you know, uh, the, you, you hear the Christmas spirit. And um, that's the, ten, the kind of the general term that's thrown out with movies like that, the Christmas spirit. But really, the, the question is, is this. Is there, really, is there really a joy that can be had that goes beyond circumstances? That's what, we're, that's what the, the beauty of this movie, The Grinch, is when he takes and steals all of the Christmas stuff. At the end, they come down and they are still singing and they're glad and they're holding hands and you go, that, that sounds amazing. But is, is, is that really possible? I mean, is it actually possible to have that kind of joy? And I don't know if you've ever had like the thought, like, I wonder if somebody like stole all of our stuff the night before Christmas came. On Christmas Eve, like you come to Christmas, you do church here, right? We have a great time. You go home and it's all gone. Would you be like, I don't even know, you know, like, would you do that? Would that, would that happen in your house? And so it, I mean, if, if you're, if you even a little bit cynical, maybe like I am sometimes, you go, is it actually possible? Does it actually exist to have like joy overflowing inside of you, regardless of how bad life feels like in the moment? That's the question. And what I think we're going to see, at least from Scripture this morning, is without question, there is real, lasting, powerful joy that every person can have, no matter the circumstance. That's what we're going to see, and I want you to look at that, because that's actually the declaration that's being made when God sends his son to the earth. I want you to look in Luke Chapter 2. Now, before we read, now, just right before we read this, I want to say this. When I say lasting, overpowering joy, I don't mean like some weird spiritual concept where life is horrible, but we kind of uh, muddle our, you know, we work our way through it and we kind of flex our spiritual muscle and say, no, everything's great. And we act like everything's okay, even things aren't okay. And that's what somehow Christian joy means. I want to I wanna say, I don't mean that at all because that's not what the Bible says at all. When I say joy, I mean like a warm gladness in your heart, a feeling that you and I have in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, a warmth, a feeling that happens down in the soul that comes only from God when we see Jesus, okay? So I want, I, I want to just be clear about that. I'm not talking about like some far off concept. I mean something we actually experience. Because I think often, and if you grew up in church, we somehow try to uh, pretend like bad things aren't bad sometimes. Or we try to maybe, uh, uh, at times we'll throw emotion aside. This is, this is one of the things, if you grew up in church, um, we'll talk about faith. Uh, and the concept of faith uh, over emotion, like kind of, you have to put your emotions aside and you have to operate on faith. Have you ever been there? 
uh, where faith is this thing over here and this is what you need to have and you don't need to, you know, emotions are this secondary thing and somehow those two concepts are pushed apart when actually what we see in the scripture is that by faith, God transforms the emotion. So they're not, they're not unhinged. They're actually linked together. And what we're going to see is, is that when we come in faith, God does a work inside of us that has true uh, impact on the emotion inside. So when I say God wants to grant joy that overcomes every circumstance, I mean warm gladness in the soul. That thing that we all long to have and experience, this is what God wants to grant. Look at Luke chapter two, and this is what comes um, as Jesus comes to the earth. Luke chapter two, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in a field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign uh, for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now here's the declaration. I'm sending my son, he's coming, and what is coming with him is good news of great joy. Now, there's an implication here, and that's this. God has an investment in your and my and our joy. Meaning, joy isn't a byproduct of some fun times that we have on the earth. God is delivering his son for the purpose of maximum joy. He's bringing his son to do a work inside of us that's going to transcend every other experience to give us great joy. And we know that because there was one angel and they were, the shepherds are a little freaked out because the one angel shows up. And then as soon as he's finished telling them what's gonna happen, not just one angel, but a whole mess of angels come in and there's one thing they begin to do. They begin to uh, gladly proclaim, sing with delight, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. What happens is, is when God delivers that joy, there is great elation, excitement, joy. This is what happens. And here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. Is that God says, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. I'm going to fulfill the promise that I gave to my people. But here's the thing. God knows this. I'm not giving you a new king. Not an earthly one. I'm not going to change the political structure right away. 
you aren't going to immediately be out from under Roman occupation or Roman rule, right? I'm, there's, I'm not all the things that you've put your hope in, all the things that you think are going to give you life and delight and joy, all the things we tend to tie our joy to is like, listen, I'm giving you good news of great joy, but it's not going to come the way that you think it is. In fact, I'm not going to do any of that stuff that you're waiting on. And so herein lies the issue. God has this promise of joy for us. But this joy isn't going to come necessarily in making all of our circumstances better. And so what we have to begin to explore is how do we get great joy when the promise is not that everything is going to be worked out right away? How can we experience gladness, warmth inside of us, in our hearts, in our minds, if we don't get the promise that everything is going to be okay. What's the secret? That's what we're really asking. What's the secret to receiving this from great joy, real joy, something that's rooted in far beyond anything that's happening from day to day, right? Because we all know that all of our circumstances can be all over the map, right? We can have good days and bad days. You have amazing days and you have awful days. We've all been in that, in that place. We've all been in in that time. And so the question is, is what's the secret to receiving it? I love what Jesus says himself, John chapter 15. He says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Now, I want you to read this again. These things I've spoken to you. So Jesus is sharing, he's teaching He's saying that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So right off the bat here, if you want to know one of the deep secrets of what it means to actually have lasting joy that overcomes every circumstance, it starts with understanding first, this is not my joy. This is God's joy in me, something that he deposits when he gives us Himself. It's what he does. So he says, so that my joy may be in you, so that your joy may be full. Meaning, God is ready to impart that he has unending resources of joy to give. But it comes from him. It comes from him because it is him. What I mean by that is that True joy is God. The warmth of delight that we want to find in our heart, listen to me, cannot be created internally. It is when you and I come face to face with God. It's the only It's the only way to actually have it. The answer to the question of how do I get joy is by coming before to know God and be with him, for him to impart who he is, to tell us what he's about so that whatever the bad circumstance happens, the joy that comes from him can't be stolen. Um, Two days two days before 
uh, my senior year of high school. It's a normal day, waking up for the day. And um, all of a sudden, I hear this like shrill scream across the house. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not sure if it was my mom or my dad. I don't know. All right. But somebody was screaming. And so I immediately get up and I start running to find out what's going on. And all of a sudden, I'm clopping around in two inches of water that has gone all throughout the house. So the entire house is just underwater. And apparently, one of the hoses to the washing machine had busted. You ever had that? I see some of you guys, you're shaking your head like, do we all have this in common? Is this a thing? This is a thing. So the hose is busted, and it's run all night long. So the house, it's just completely underwater, right? So fixing to have senior year, and all of a sudden, we've got this disaster. And you're just going, and now it's like all your furniture, it's like sopping up the water or whatever. I don't know, like the couch is like a biscuit. It's just bad. It's nasty. <laughs> and you're just, and so you, you have it, and I, it has impacted me <clears throat> to this day. My dad, gra- <laughs> my dad grabs all of us. And we come around in a circle, and we just hold hands, and we just start praying, and we start trusting God, right? We start thanking him. We just start trusting him, like, hey, God, you want to flood our house? That's cool, man. All right? That's okay, because we have you. We have you. You can just destroy the house, but we have you. Joy, you understand, joy comes from knowing, seeing, being with God. It's something that can't be taken from you. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. My mom's an interior decorator, so I think she was kind of like, thank you, Jesus, for blowing this house up. I'm ready to redo this thing, all right? So there was probably some of that going on. But for the most part, it was like, hey, this is devastation, but God, we're going to trust you because we have you. It's one of those things like, listen, Every one of us has these moments where we're walking through something and we don't know the future. It doesn't seem okay. The relationships aren't right or whatever. And true joy is being able to go, listen, everything seems like it's crumbling. But God, I have you. You're with me. You know me. Everything can be taken. In fact, I think that's the narrative, honestly, all throughout Scripture. And you'll see it in the Psalms over and over. Listen, all the stuff can go, but I have you. Now, I want to just say something to you. This, this is the hope that was declared from God. And if you have found yourself trying to walk, if you will, this Christian life, doing the do's and not doing the the don't do's, and you have not come before the king of the universe and said, listen, they can take it all because I have you, then you've not truly understood what it means to know Jesus as the son of God. And the beauty is, The declaration is, listen, I'm here to bring you good news of great joy. It's for you. It's for you. 
It's for every person in here to come and taste it, to come and know him that way. It's what he wants to do. If we really want to experience true and lasting joy, it, it is a matter of taking our eyes off of ourselves and off of the circumstances and saying, God, I have you. That's, what it, that's the beginning of it. And so the question is, is, listen, then how do we begin to access that in a real way? How does this thing start to sink down deep inside of us to begin to move us beyond the day-to-day ups and downs and into lasting joy where there's a delight truly going on? I love what Jesus says in John chapter 17. He says, listen, now I'm coming to you. And these things that I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So, but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. If you want to access this joy that goes beyond circumstances, the beginning and the ending is listening to the words of Jesus is taking every word he speaks and grabbing it and beginning to believe it and to speak it and to pray it. And I believe the indication here is, listen, this is what we do. If you want to know him and be with him and have joy that overcomes, then we've got to be a people that begin to take the words of Jesus and begin to consume them. Make it a a literal meal. Or we say, God, I want to I know what you have to say. Every word. I want to consume it. I want to think on it. I want to hear it. I want to declare it. Nothing, nothing will thrill our heart more than the revelation of who God is. And that comes from knowing his word. That that's the way that we begin to access these promises. We were at our uh, small group, at our uh, kind of our final small group of the, of the semester the other night, and the question that we threw out to everybody was, what are some of the promises, since we're doing this series on promises, what are some of the promises of God that have been most meaningful to you? And so uh, different people in our group were sharing on these promises, and uh, to a person, what, they, what we began to do is we just began to say, this scripture has been the, been the most meaningful to me. This, is, this, this, this declaration or this promise from God in this, this text, this scripture right here has been transformative in my life because of X, Y, and Z. And uh, as I was thinking about the different promises that there are throughout the word of God, all these promises that we have, um, I I started searching in my mind. The one that comes up most prevalently to me is Psalm 103. And I would love to say that I studied Psalm 103 because of the powerful words that are in it and the amazing impact. If you've ever read Psalm 103, the words are unbelievable. I wish I could say it was because it was this deep spiritual desire of mine, but the answer is, is the reason I knew Psalm 103 is because uh, I was a junior at, a, at a, high school, a private high school, and the teacher made us memorize it. 
And so I had to memorize Psalm 103 for a grade, which is always just like, it's quasi weird. Like, read the Bible and know the Bible. And if you don't, you'll get a D. But I just, you know, like, it feels a little bit weird. But we had to memorize, and it was just for a test. So the teacher, uh, the Bible teacher in our school made us memorize Psalm 103. But I'm going to tell you something. Something began to happen as, I just, as we began to consume it over and over and over again. It's a long psalm. And so he tested us over and over and over again till we got to the end, till we had to do the entire thing. And what I discovered is that those words began to arise in me when I, when I came into places where I didn't feel a lot of joy. Or, or really more prevalently, those words began to rise up and they began to change me inwardly as I began to see, as I began, when, when I found myself fall short and fail God or wrestle with sin, these words came alive to me. And all of a sudden, I'm in a dark place. And then guess what? Those words come racing back to me. He says, hey, God redeems your life from the pit. And he crowns you with love and mercy. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. For he does not treat us as our sins deserve, nor repay us according to our iniquity. And all of a sudden, that thing that was a test or exam became life to me in dark times, in dark places. You want to know how to access joy in God? It's taking the word, opening up, and consuming it like it's a steak dinner, right? Or SpaghettiOs or whatever your deal is, right? Okay? I know whatever. <laughs> Some of you are like, not steak. I'm a pasta person, okay? Does that make sense? If we want to begin to know the God of the promise, then we've got to begin to, in, to imbibe, to take in the power of all that he is, the power of his words, what he wants to do. Because the truth is, right, there are, just, there are moments where we experience great sorrow. And the question is, is how, how do we have joy in the midst of sorrow? You know, we had a... a pretty rough last year, but we got to move here, and it was amazing. We had a, a, um, so many blessings of being able to come here. My, my, my family moved here just a little over a year and a half ago, right at a year and a half ago, but the truth is, is we lost five family members in the course of that year. Well, just before we moved here, I lost my grandmother. And then we moved here, and then we hadn't even been here six months, and then my wife lost three grandparents in a span of 90 days. And then right after, my uncle passed away from cancer. And I could, I, you know, to lose that many family members and people that you love so much, those are, those are painful, those are sorrowful times. I spoke, I think, at every one of those funerals that we did. And you just... You know, in some ways, you have, it's anguish and sorrow. You ever been there? Pain. But here's what's amazing. 
every one of those services was both sadness and a party. Because to a person, each one of them exhibited and had incredible faith. So while we mourned losing them, man, we celebrated the power of God in their lives. This sorrow and joy thing can go hand in hand. That there is sorrow for a moment, but it lasts for a moment. And in the morning is the promise of joy, right? Sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is the promise. John chapter 16, verse 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, but I'm gonna see you again and your heart and will rejoice. Now look at this. And no one will take your joy from you. Now hear this promise, church. Jesus is saying, listen, your hearts are gonna be sorrowful now. I'm about to go into the grave, but I'm coming back. And you're going to rejoice. Now here's the promise. Listen, here's the promise. But no one, no one can take away your joy. Nobody. Not one thing, not one being, not one circumstance. And here's what the one thing that every, we all have to agree and we all have to be aware of. And that's this. 24-7, there is a being seeking to steal and kill and destroy our joy. 24-7. This is going on all the time. And I would venture to say that most of us uh, experience real pain and hurt and woundedness. And we struggle to receive and walk in joy simply because of the work of the enemy. Simply because the enemy is absolutely, without question, seeking to destroy joy. Jesus came right in to bring joy in the place that it mattered the most, in our hearts, in our minds, in our soul, and the enemy seeks to destroy it. Two ways, constantly. The constant flow of accusation and lies. Accusation and lies. You ever been there? I know, I know you've been there because every one of us wakes up with the whisper of accusation and lies every day, just trying to rob joy. Look at what you don't have. Look at what's already been stolen from you. Look at what's not working right. Look at what you haven't conquered yet. Look at the sin that is still beating you down. Look at who is ridiculing you. Look at the expectations that you are failing to meet. Look at all the bad ways that you have failed your spouse or your children all the time, constantly, the barrage. Look at what you haven't done. Look at what you have not measured up to. Or the lie that comes, listen, you're not enough. You haven't measured up. You've fallen short. Every one of those lies the enemy is turning things around saying, look at you. Look at what you have not done. Look at what you have not accomplished. Look at how far short you have fallen. And it drives us deep, deep into those places where all of a sudden we feel isolated and alone. And Jesus said, listen, 
I've come to give you joy that no one can steal, that no one can take away. Look at what he says in, the, in John 16, if you finish that text. He says 23, verse, in verse 23, in that day you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So here's, here's what Jesus wants to say. And we're gonna finish with this. In fact, band, you guys can come up because we're just gonna get a chance to respond to the Lord. Here's what he's going to say. Listen. The enemy has sought to steal, kill, and destroy your joy. But do this. Ask. Turn your heart, turn your mind, and turn your soul away from yourself and look on him and ask. See, I think often what happens is uh, we read a scripture like this and it says, listen, ask uh, whatever you ask in, uh, of the Father in my name and he will give it to you. And in our highly consumeristic culture, we often think that, listen, we can ask for a Mercedes-Benz or we ask for the whatever and God will give it. And I really legitimately believe this is what God's saying. Here's what you ask. Ask for joy unending. Ask for peace that is eluding you. Ask for forgiveness that you believe that you don't, you aren't worthy of. That anything you ask in my name, God will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive it that your joy may be full. Ask me and I'll give you unending joy. Ask me and I'll calm your anxious heart. Ask me and I will give you peace in this storm. But you gotta ask. Come to me. I have joy joy that will make you full and that's where the rubber meets the road this is what Jesus has been declaring from the get go joy will not come from certain we can have happy moments in life and I pray that we have plenty of them in this life but true lasting joy comes from knowing God receiving his word trusting what he says and asking him when we find ourselves in those dark moments saying God give me joy would you grant me peace listen the indication from God's word is this. He's eager to give it. He is glad to give it. If you're in this place and you think that God is a withholding God, I can promise you the narrative all throughout the word is come, seek, knock, ask, and God will deliver. It's his promise. He has joy overflowing, unending for every person. Will you stand with me? We're going to finish this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. If you will, just close your eyes for a moment. Here's what I want to ask. Just in your own heart, if your eyes, just close your eyes so you can focus on Jesus. I want you to take your eyes off yourself for a moment not on your circumstances or anything else going on in your life. I'm sure you got a bajillion things you got to do this next week not thinking about that. Do you trust 
that God has joy for you. Unending joy. I have good news of great joy. And the declaration from God is, I'm giving you myself. I'm giving you something greater value than anything in this life. Do you believe God has joy to give to you? God, I ask even over this room right now that we would believe that you have joy to release. And we're going to take this moment and just begin to cast off the restraints. Right now, are there any lies or accusations you've believed that are stealing your joy? That you haven't been good enough? That you weren't worthy or you failed? Those lies of the enemy, those things that are spoken, that we hear in our, in our soul from the enemy trying to kill, to steal, God, we just want to set our gaze on you. We will not believe the lie of the enemy. We want real, lasting joy. In you, gladness, we have you. We can take everything, but we have you. As we sing this morning, would you just begin to ask, God, would you fill my heart with joy? gladness overflowing beyond anything I could create beyond anything I could conjure up Lord Jesus would you give me your joy in your presence as we sing as we declare your goodness give us joy release joy Father would you be with us as we lift up your name Jesus would you come we want to meet with you we're here for you to know you, to walk with you, and to have joy that surpasses all circumstance and understanding. Would you lead us now? In Jesus' name. Let our praise be your welcome. And let our songs be a sign that we are here for you. We are here for you. that uh, even as we just make a declaration, as we say things out loud, that we begin to freeze and break the work of the enemy, and we begin to trust the work of God in our lives, all right? So, so uh, here's, here's what I want, you, we're going to say together, we're going to say, Jesus, you are
are my joy. Oh, hang on. You guys are eager. All right, settle down. All right. Okay. Jesus, you are my joy. All right. I didn't give you the count of three, but y'all are just ready. I feel it. Okay. All right. So when I say, we're going to say one, two, three. Jesus, you are my joy. All right. Now listen. And we're going to say this out loud. No one can steal my joy. Ready? One, two, three. No one can steal my joy. Oh, that's so good. All right. Okay. We're going to do this again. All right. Number one, uh, we're going to say, Jesus, you are my joy. And if whatever you got to do from the deep place, I want you to declare this. Say, Jesus, you are my joy. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus, you are my joy.
already celebrate happy birthday Jesus uh, with your kiddos uh, here at the end. I'm just going to pray over us that we walk and go in the joy of the Lord. If you feel comfortable, you can put your hands out in an attitude of receiving. We're just going to close with our benediction. Father, would you bless and keep us? Would you make your face shine upon us? Bless you guys. Y'all go take pictures, have fun, get cake. We'll see you next week.